Welcome to E20, your unofficial EastEnders podcast. I've just got home to find Jean helping herself to some tea. She doesn't live here. Emma. And I'm a few gold bars just hoping Karat and Vinny will caress and take me home. Let's hope Stars doesn't find out. Connor, so what have we got coming up this week, Emma? We have your usual roundup. Your hero in Slappin' Dan. We play a game of Really Ruby. And we have Who's That EastEnder? But first, here's the jingle. Dun, 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 dun. You ain't my mother! Yes, I am! My boy, Blimey. Mr. Butcher. 57 was my nan. 57 was everyone else. One minute we'll be looking at each other. The next, ripping each other's clothes off. Mother always said I could be a star. Hope Hope you enjoyed enjoyed the fireworks. Good night. So, somehow, Stacey is going to get up to a year for something she didn't do with very little evidence. Yeah, impossible, I would say. Impossible. Um, When all the sisters are like, I would advise that you just say guilty and get six months. Um, I'm sorry, when Stacey's every saying that the angle's just wrong on that camera and actually she's turning around, that's quite a solid defence when actually they only have one angle of that footage. And the word of Ruby Allen, who's mysteriously had a number of strange cases around her of late, including a robbery gone wrong that looked almost like an insurance scam and also a sort of child abduction, child uh, trafficking incident. With her money, but somehow that wasn't traceable to her. Yeah, I would definitely, definitely take her word. I love how they haven't even looked for any other angles or took Ruby's laptop with any of the evidence. They've literally just went, well, Ruby said you've done it and this angle looks a bit like it, even though it doesn't. It looks like she's turned round. She's turned round. (laughs) It also already shows that Ruby's lied. I don't understand how this woman, like this DS, um, whatever her name is, when she's saying, um, well, you can see in the footage, it shows you clearly pushing her. Well, excuse me, but didn't Ruby's whole story revolve around the fact that she was scared of Stacey, terrified of Stacey even. Stacey came around and shoved her down the stairs. That's the story that she told you. Yet somehow, Ruby's <laughs> running up those stairs faster than flipping grease lightning. <laughs> Stacey's just like charging over there like ready for a fight and you're trying to tell me that's the scared person that she's described I'm sorry that will not stand up in court nor does it stand up in our court which is, is you know obviously the highest court in is, the land yeah. 820 you can't get any higher than that we tell you what's right and wrong no one else does you know what I find really weird is do you remember cast your mind back right to when Cush was charged for pushing Leo off the balcony of the Albert. Yeah. And do you remember how they said to him to plead guilty? Um, because that would be easier, because there actually was footage of him pushing him I mean, off yeah, the balcony. Yeah, he had pushed him, yeah. But I think we'll all remember that uh, Kush didn't get sent down. And that... Yes. Had had more evidence, yet Stacy is just getting this six months or a year for doing nothing. 
Yeah, I do love that they've not looked up any of the past. They've not, like, investigated that Stacey said. You see, in in the world of law and order, I know it's, it's a mad world, but in the normal world, when someone makes a counter-accusation, the police have to investigate that. Because if it comes up in court that that actually is true, or there's evidence that the defence has found that doesn't quite line up with the prosecutions, the police will look rather stupid, won't they? You know what I love as well, right? So they, they are clean as a Grey's house, and not one of yeah. them's went, you know what, Grey's done a favour for a lot of people over time. They've just went, no, no, we'll ask fat Elvis's niece, Finzilla. <laughs> Finzilla, yeah, I love that. I love that. <laughs> <laughs> I just... I can't get over this whole thing with Ruby, like how she's, how, what crown prosecution is like allowed that? What crown prosecutions went? Yeah, some dodgy CCTV evidence and the word of a, the daughter of a convicted gangster. Yeah, let's take that to court. No, because if it's wrong or there's any sort of inaccuracies, they are for it. Like they will never jeopardize their own career for things like that. And obviously, they've got none of her hospital records. Yeah, no, none of their hospital <laughs> records that shows she lost the baby days, maybe a week in advance before she had that tumble. Apparently, that doesn't exist. All those records, they just don't exist. That's what I mean. That woman didn't even investigate Stacey's claims. Stacey turns around. Look six at months. <laughs> All the crime that he committed. All the crime he committed. Never got charged oh, once no. for anything. And he, there he is. All high and mighty at the moment, like yeah, no, you done don't. it, Stace. Uh, no, she didn't. Uh, what were you doing the other year, Martin? You were trying to kill Keanu for Phil, weren't exactly. you? Exactly. Trying to attempt murder, became a hitman. <laughs> you were there when Linda shot the guy. <laughs> yeah, Linda's fine. She's totally fine, even though she's technically injured someone. You know, with with a bullet. Just, you know, just a, just a casual shooting. Martin himself then went to run over, because you remember he got the taste for it, didn't he? He got a taste for being a criminal. Oh, and then yes. he was like, right, so although the hit and run went wrong, like, although the, the the hit went wrong, let's do a hit and run. That's that's the right angle. That's what I should be doing. So he runs over a man after robbing a place with um, tubs, remember? Honestly, you know Martin, what's annoying? get off your high hopes. There he is. He was pleading with Sonia then. But now... Someone else is in the frame. Oh, you just throw them under that bus. I know. Look He's at that, been like... under plenty of buses as all, Martin. <laughs> yes, Remember yes. that time we walked out of one quite well? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, him, Kush, all those people under that bus. Like, <laughs> that bus went straight over them, didn't it? <laughs> well, not as hard as this next bus is going to come over you, Martin. Because we are coming. We are coming for you. <laughs> I swear to God, I'll never forgive this, this atrocious, this atrocity. This, this act of sheer Judas betrayal. He's like, not took anyone else's word for it. He's literally just went, well, Ruby said. He hasn't even looked at the evidence himself. No. Ikra told him. It's like I said the <laughs> other week. I was like, Ikra, somebody who has no part in any of this love triangle, rectangle nonsense. She came and told you, Martin, that Ruby's a liar, a convicted liar. What does Martin do? Well, she must be wrong. Why would she say anything? Ingrid's saying an honest person is a decent human being. She won't go around making up lies. Look at everyone else is a liar, apart from Ruby. Yeah, just just Ruby. She's the only one that doesn't lie. Yeah. Lily, Jean, um, 
you know, um, Ikra, all these people who haven't deliberately manipulated Martin in the past somehow are deliberately manipulating Martin. But Ruby, who clearly is a liar, isn't. But remember, she just wants people to believe her. Why does no one believe her? Because she's ah. lying. Because <laughs> you're lying, Ruby. Because you're a liar. Martin is apparently in charge of CCTV. I don't know why that was so difficult for me to say that. <laughs> and has never went and had a look at it again. Never went and looked at the videos and never went in the deleted and went, oh, Ruby, look, that second video that, you know, because they've got the movie player. Yeah, yeah. And it's been cutting movie. just the select scenes. And he hasn't went and had a look at that and went, oh, hang on. Yeah, it's not like when a CCTV company who like runs this, could you send us the full footage just so I can have a look? Because I still don't believe that's a real setup there where like it literally only takes snippets of each section. <laughs> I feel like that's something that Ruby or Martin's been doing because to me, what kind of CCTV footage knows to take the exact moments that you choose or want out? <laughs> I don't know any that does that. That's like self-aware technology like you know what our visions are like them putting all the effects on and one of them being like these curtains and the curtains open the video yeah. plays the music starts or it all pixelates and like sparkles <laughs> yeah. and stuff as it comes through it's got all the transitions as another one comes in <laughs> <laughs> it's got some music in the background it's got something like shut up just shut up shut up my black eye pays like in the background is ruby's like raging at stacy and then it cuts to like something like um I keep on falling oh, yeah. in and out. <laughs> and she's just falling down the stairs with her. <laughs> I love that. Oh, perfect. Well, more things. I think this was an important thing to mention. More comes into the kitchen. Stacey's obviously distraught. She's going to jail for maybe a year. As Emma says, Moe's got Fat Elvis's niece, Thinzilla, to come and it'd help her. But she also thinks that they need someone to really rip into Ruby and expose all her lies. Well, hello, Mo. We're here. We're called 20. We're here, don't you worry, Mo. We're here 24 hours of the day. (laughs) But you know what I mean. Like, (laughs) we're here all the time. Contact one to our, we're quite regular. I would happily stand up for our stays in court. I would too. I can't believe that this is even going that far. No. Like, I'm sorry, the evidence is not there. You know, like they say, like, evidence is incontrovertible or something. Like, you know, they're like, this evidence is incontrovertible. Like, I'm sorry, anyone could throw that evidence straight out the, the opposite side because they'd be like, well, Stacey says she turned. And as you can see, she does turn. <laughs> and her arm does swing as if she's turning. Not, she's facing Ruby head on. And willfully shoving forward because even if like they're saying oh her arm caught her as she turned around knocking her back that's not intentional pushing no it, it's not like she just went premeditated she's yes. turned around <laughs> e honest and also is she just going to court or does ruby have to give any evidence well this is what's hilarious because it, it doesn't to be. sound like that <laughs> No, it just seems to me Stacey's going to court, she's going to jail. I mean, on what grounds? I don't understand how you can put someone in jail. That's the flimsiest. On what appeal should be back out? <laughs> like, Lucas murdered people and he was allowed out after like a few years. Oh, well, you know, he's been good. He's been good. He's trying. 
He's trying. What's going to happen? Next? How are you going to bring this story to a close? Like, is Ruby going to suddenly take everyone hostage in the pit <laughs> to try and, like, convince them all that she's telling the truth? Like, where does this end? <laughs> we need it to kind of end cohesively for them. Our lovely Jean, after she steals a necklace from Grey's house and heads to the pawn shop. I love that yeah. they played Tom Jones's. Just help yourself. So, do I look? I love that. I love it as well because Mo's like he's going into a shower and everything, using like he jets and everything, isn't she? She's like, oh, I just need some time with the jet heads. I'm like, okay. Jean decides once she sees Ruby and Martin laughing away, she goes and just unleashes all of E20's words, really. She did. She did us proud. Love you, Jean. You did us proud. You did. She asks Martin if. He would like to read Hope, a lovely bedtime story. You know, Rapunzel, the one who's locked away, waiting for a happily ever after. <laughs> well, it made me just think, E God, is Rapunzel actually a criminal then? Is that why she's locked up in that tower? Did she actually just, you know, commit a breakout? <laughs> well, no, what happened was she, w- she went to the club. Right. And as she was leaving... Ruby was behind her and she turned around to see who was there. And I don't want to <laughs> spoil the ending. I can't spoil the ending. Just in case no one's right, read okay. it. But that's how okay, it starts. True, true. I mean, the bit to me that stands out in this conversation is not that Martin kind of is sympathetic or anything. Martin needs to shut his little cake cool or I'm going to flip and shut it for him because he comes after our genie. He's like, I'm warning you. And I was like, excuse me, Martin, I'm warning you, right? And then Jean's I'm like, warning you. no, I'm warning you. <laughs> yeah. I was like, see, Jean's on our side. She's yes. just channeling the fury from her. So I was like, tell you what, me and I'll be down there in a bus, right? And we'll be coming for you, Martin. We're going to put you back under. That's what we're going to do. It's the way she even, oh, she says everything we've been saying that. She does. She just wants Stacey's life she stole Martin and she's just wanted Stacey out of the way so she can play happy families. It is. I love how it's so obvious to everyone else around except Martin. <laughs> Martin's like, yeah, she's just a lovely wife. Lovely wife. Occasionally, you know, gets his head on the back of the head and tries to seal my kids away and, and also frames my ex and, and tries to, yeah, all these weird things are kind of lining up. Never has that moment, does he? Oh, Martin. No, it's like, no matter what he hears, he goes, yeah, but she's, Never said that happened, so no, couldn't have. She's always in the centre of controversy. There's never a moment that she's not. Like, come on, at some point you have to go, maybe it's her that's the problem? Maybe. Because it's strange. All these people have problems with her. It was another Jean's truth moment, wasn't it? Yeah. I was, I was like, I was waiting for it to be like, and you're just a Johnny Allen wannabe, you. <laughs> You're nothing but a flipping evil connive. And I was hoping for all of that would come out. And I was like, no, Jean's nice. She's not like me. I would have ripped a new one. I would have destroyed Ruby if, if I was there. <laughs> it's the way neither of them had any guilt. Like when no, Jean was well, doing all it. Like Jean's clearly saying like, she's going to lose her daughter. They're, the kids are going to lose their mother. And there's Martin yeah. just... Being okay, but you know, who isn't, by the way, going over to see them at any point? Yeah, oh yeah. Oh, he does give a toss about those kids. I'm not even joking, right? I now hate Ruby less than what I hate Martin. Because Martin is doing the most disgusting and vile things and then just wandering around as if he's keen. Lola, we expect that from Ruby. She's a psychopath. We all know she's crazy. 
We all know she's got something to screw loose somewhere. Martin, he goes every five minutes going, oh, but I love them all. I, you know, I'm a good dad, really. Meanwhile, I wash my hands of them. <laughs> wash my hands of them. I'm not going to even look their way. I'm not even going to be civil. Let's send the mom to jail. Let's send the robber dad to jail. Like, sorry, you're going to have to go on hands and knees, full on, bowing to Stacey for forgiveness before we forgive you. I mean, poor Arthur this week. Kush is like, oh, I'm going to have to tell Arthur I'm going away for a bit. Then Stacey has to go and tell Arthur that she's going away for a bit. Can you imagine both our parents are in jail? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. For crimes that they didn't really commit. <laughs> yeah. Because uh, to be fair, Kush's. <laughs> yeah. Kush's took some old crimes that he never committed. Remember? <laughs> he already did one that, like, obviously the film one sort of was his fault a little. But, like, generally it's still not his crime. And then he also took on a bunch of crimes that Phil... <laughs> Like that film made him, you know, so I can be looked after afterwards. Also, can we just appreciate how Stacey got a court date within like a week while Cush is still just wandering the square, living his life, you know? I know! <laughs> Thinking about when he might go in. I love as well that like Cush is going to get a few years, Stacey's getting a year. How does that line up? Like, <laughs> who who's scaling these crimes? <laughs> Stacey turns around and accidentally knocks someone down the stairs or at worst pushes someone. Down a few flight, a few a few steps. It's not even a flight of stairs. It's about five steps. And yet she's going down for an almost the same amount of time that he'll probably serve. <laughs> okay. Just I let Connor take his breath because I know yeah, I what's I coming next. A moment, Emma. And he's gonna have to prepare, <laughs> prepare himself for this too. Honestly, I'm gonna be on dialysis at the end of this storyline. Well. Then Cush bumps into Jean, doesn't he? And Jean just yeah. doesn't have time for this. She's got to put some fish in the fridge. Yeah, she's got some haddock. She's got some haddock. <laughs> and he's he's been talking to Ruby about what Jean done. And he really cares for Jean and Stace. And he just he just worries about them. So, Kush, when are you going to step up and say what you know and what you have been involved in and, like, help this situation? Yeah, he's just sitting on all that information that, oh, actually, Ruby is a bit crazy. He did pay me to kidnap my own kid. Never tells Martin that. Never. Well, you know, he's going through a hard time. Shut up. <laughs> it's harder for him to know the truth. Honestly, you're right. Kush is just sitting on all that information. He's just like... Well, maybe I'll tell him tomorrow. And then, when he does go and have a drink with him, they don't talk about any of that. He's just like, yeah, I'm going to have to tell Arthur that we're both not going to be around. Poor Arthur! Like, no one's thought... Literally, no one's thought about Arthur. (laughs) That doesn't move Martin in any way, by the way. No, it doesn't. It's like, yeah, maybe maybe you can get some... You know, you'll get out sooner than you think. Or maybe, Martin, you could uh, convince that psychopathic flipping girlfriend of yours to drop the charges on the only other parent who's going to be there. There was a spoiler, right? That said that Martin was going to seek legal advice from Grey about Stacey going in and about the kids. I remember reading it. Oh, I've never seen that scene. Can I just put that out (laughs) In case yeah, I've missed I it. actually. Unless it's a future scene, maybe. Yeah, maybe. I swear it was, like, meant to be 
that week. The only way I think Kush can now redeem himself, in my opinion, is to, because we know he's obviously leaving, is after his, like, shotgun wedding with uh, Whitney or whatever it is, um, he just, like, before or after, I don't mind which, he just tells tells Martin the truth. Oh, yeah, I want and, his parting gift to be all this information. Yeah, I need that to happen. Because if he dies or goes to jail without telling the truth, I swear to God, I will actually explode. <laughs> Like, the, I'm not even talking, guys. Like, I am literally at my <laughs> blood pressure's <laughs> limit. I will, like, I will literally die. That's not an exaggeration. I will do a lily. I will throw myself down by the stairs. <sighs> it's just too much, Emma. I was good men once. We're so invested in this show that we're actually so angry. <laughs> I, I am. I'm, like, actually angry about it. I just... <laughs> Do you know, I'm also, like, so disappointed in Ruby because I know I say, like, I expected this psychopathicness from her, but I only expected that, like, because of what she's currently been doing and, like, what she's been doing since lockdown. Yeah. But, but before then. <laughs> lockdown, she was, like, an all right human being. Like, she wasn't this crazy. Do you and remember? It's really sad. Do you remember her being this independent businesswoman? Yeah. Um, she didn't want to be married. She wanted an open relationship. Yeah. And she just wanted to see where life was going to take her. She owned the she owned her own bar. Yeah. That was so fresh and so new on it the square. Was. She was like a feminist icon. And now she's like this crazy... She's been reduced to this like crazy lady who's like scheming and like, you know, one-upping other women. What I did love about all this was because Kush had unknowingly being convinced by Jean <laughs> I to love her. distract Martin whilst Jean steals his keys. <laughs> and it brought us the greatest scene for a long time for Jean, I think. I think this is one of my favourite scenes ever. I love when she's like, oh, I'm becoming quite a tea leaf, aren't I? <laughs> I love it because since she's like, I'm dying now, I love that like now she's just like, I don't care about the law. I don't care about any consequences. I'm going to do whatever I want. Next she'll be hijacking, you know, like... Um, taxis and flipping running a muck around london she'll be flipping you know robbing banks she'll be you know next i, I dread to think what she's gonna get up to next <laughs> we'll see a, a crossover with line of duty line of duty yeah she's <laughs> police corruption she's part of the she's part of the criminal gang <laughs> she that burn up wounds for police officers <laughs> See her popping she's up in all the BBC dramas. Yeah, <laughs> she's off to Ibiza to take them drugs over. Oh. <laughs> you know what I've realised? I had a realisation because obviously mm. Jean lets herself in. She makes some tea. Yeah. Yeah. We have never seen Ruby's kitchen. No, that's odd actually. Isn't it? Never. But do you remember that Talking Heads thing that was on BBC during lockdown where it was just mm. one person to a camera? They showed yeah. a red kitchen, which I think was in Ruby's house. So we've seen it there, but we've never seen it when Ruby or Martin or anyone's around. We've never actually That's seen it. Weird. We've never seen it on EastEnders. Have they maybe dismantled that part of the set? Like, <laughs> maybe. You know, because they've obviously doing the move. Have they dismantled <laughs> that part of the set and they're just like, let's not go back in there. <laughs> That's I so bet. true. I love when uh, Jean was just sitting there with a cup of tea, like a polite burglar. She was just, very it polite. Was just she did make some drinks. Yeah, I mean, she is, like, a polite criminal because, like, she cleaned Gray's house and then stole from him. Yes. Like, you know, like, then she she made Ruby a cup of tea and her a cup of tea. Um, 
and then broke into her house, uh, like broke into her house and then did it. Like, so you say she's quite polite as a criminal. So she thinks Ruby's drowned in the bath because she's took so long and Jean's waiting with that tea, getting cold. Jean does something that I don't think any of us could have foreseen. She tells Ruby the truth. She tells her why she's so concerned about Stacey and why, even if it's true, even if it's not, that Ruby has to, has to save Stacey from this fate because she's dying. She's terminal and she's not getting treatment. Now, of course, we don't know whether she is terminal or not. We only know that she thinks she has cancer again and didn't stick around for the test results and isn't taking the treatment even if the, even if it came back positive. So we're kind of left in this moment where we're thinking, is she actually dying? Is she not? Is it going to be a surprise or is it... Or does she know? Like, Because she may know. She may know. You know, a lot of people who are dying mm-hmm. know when they're dying. So maybe she can sense in herself that she's not very well. But it seems to be just enough of, of a shock and also of such a heartbreaking situation that for a moment we see Ruby return to her senses again and it's like these she has these moments doesn't she these brief moments of clarity where she goes Mm. from being psychotically driven to destroying Stacey and keeping Martin for herself to suddenly realizing like the impact of her actions and what they're going to have on this family it's really weird isn't it because you see what she was like with Stacey and how she just doesn't care and she wants to destroy her to then actually having a heart and sitting down with Jean and actually checking that she's all right. It's like she's struggling for who she is as an identity. Like, she did struggle with that. Like, even when Stacey came around and apologised, like, Stacey came around to apologise or check if she was all right or whatever, and Ruby was crying, and and her and Stacey bonded again there, and they were talking about how they were going to be pushing prams around. The, there was that moment of, like, clarity where Ruby kind of came back to who she was, I mean, what has happened to Ruby? What has happened to her? She does seem to have sympathy in this moment for Jean. And Jean's words do get to her because she's like, Stacey would want to be there and help you. And it's like, well, yeah, Ruby, she probably would, but she won't have that chance if you don't do something. You need to take back these charges. And maybe she will. That's what she tells Jean the next day when she asks her when Stacey's thinking about pleading guilty and getting six months, Ruby says she doesn't want to cause any more pain. She doesn't want to punish Jean for all of Stacey's actions, even though it's got nothing to do with Stacey, but okay, we'll let that drop as long as you drop the charges. (laughs) And then Ruby gets some news. So she has endometriosis, which... I think they explained it quite well on the show. It's basically material that's meant to be for the lining of the womb um, grows elsewhere and it disrupts everything. Like linings from elsewhere in your body start to form in in incorrect places and it can cause infertility, it can cause, um, you know, child loss like um, and miscarriages. If anyone is worried and they have pains and things like that, you should go and get checked out. The actress who plays Ruby actually did put on her Instagram about endometriosis and all the signs. So you can go and look on there if some of that's resonated with you and you can go and check it out. And then, yes, go and see your doctor if you are 
having any of those yeah. symptoms. It, it's a great moment for them to show this and the show to, to obviously give it some more um, publicity because I feel like it's it's kind of one of those things that it's out there, but not a lot of people talk about yeah. it. Like it's not on, on soaps and things a lot. Like it's nice to have it here and they should have actually spent a little bit more time maybe on it. Maybe that yeah. should have been more of the focus in her miscarriage. And- a lot of women have it. But not, and a lot of women don't know they have it, and it's it's yeah. You hear about it, and you hear about women that have had it, but you don't actually ever learn really in depth what it is and what it can cause. Yeah. And like using a, a platform like this to learn about endometriosis is a good idea. So if you're worried, if you have got pains, if you're uncomfortable or anything like that, always trust your gut. Go to the doctors. What do you think Ruby's going to do once she's had this terrible news? And I do feel sorry for her, I really do. Wouldn't you think she would be like, well, I don't want to lose a friend when I really could use one? No, instead she lies. She lies to Jean's face and says, oh, I've called um, I've called her, uh, the DS and she says, there's nothing I can do. Um, charges are already filed and it's going to court. It's out of my hands. But don't you worry. Because Martin is here. Oh, no. <laughs> Martin's here to look after everyone. You know what really annoyed me about this? Is the way Stacey's like, well, I'm going to have to go and tell the kids and prepare them. Um, yeah. And he's like, this is this is a hard thing to do. Do you, do you need me around to, to help? Well, no, because you hardly helped the situation in the first place, did you? You're literally the cause of the situation, Martin. What, how's, how's your presence going to help? You've basically sent their mother to jail. I don't think you're going to be their number one friend at the minute. What annoyed me about this situation, Emma, is his words before he even offers that. Where he comes over, Stacey's on the verge of breaking down. He goes, oh, are you all right? Uh, well, she's facing six months for a flipping crime she didn't commit. What do you think, Mom? <laughs> Honestly, he's got a cheek. He's got such a uh-huh. cheek. And then Lily is obviously furious about this. I because... love Lily. Lily's like team E20. Oh, she is. She's like our mascot now. Yeah. I swear to God. She's just furious because Stacey hasn't done anything and she just absolutely hates Ruby. Yeah. <laughs> I love it as well because, again, it's another situation where Ruby's plan has backfired, hasn't it? Yeah. Because like she was like hoping that this would drive a wedge between Martin and Stacey. And Martin's now offered himself to come round to see Stacey and talk with the kids. Then, on top of that, any chances of her forming a relationship with those kids... Completely destroyed. Lily's going to act up, isn't she? She's going to she's gonna be the one who exposes this, I swear. Yeah. I think she could be the one who actually exposes all of this. Um, because rightfully and... so, she is not wanting her mother to go to prison for something exactly. she hasn't done. Martin comes through the door, doesn't he? Because he's going to help. He's going to talk to the kids. Lily's first words, why is he here? <laughs> <laughs> I love it. And then, and then I just loved when she was like Ruby and him they're going to send you away and we're going to have no one and then Martin's like well I'm still here Lily's not stupid she knows what's gone on and how you are involved in this situation she's a teenager Martin you can't pretend that might work with someone like Hope who's like an infant or a very young child but you can't pretend that things are okay when Lily has her own perspective on this situation and has been around watching what has happened. He's in La La Land, honestly. Not the film. <laughs> I don't quite get the hype about that film either. I don't, no. Odd film. <laughs> 
Stacey's naturally upset because of everything that's unfolded and she just runs out and she's sobbing and Martin's running after her shouting Stacey and he wants to help the situation even though he's got her into it and Ruby gets annoyed that he's looking for Stacey so she actually finds her and she doesn't console her, doesn't tell him where she is and just lets us sob in the corner i love the way um this was portrayed though like stacy sobbing away that your heart broke for her like yeah that she's done nothing wrong she's sobbing away and she's so lonely in that moment and like you felt it kirat has allowed Vinny to join them in the shady business i love how excited he was to be involved in crime I know, oh God, Emma, those were the tips. Remember when you used to have that wonder, that wonder and imagination, the excitement, knowing, knowing that someday, someday soon, you're going to be involved in your very own hit and run, <laughs> your very own thieving, or some other shady crime, but debt collected. Do you yeah, think so excited. he's always wondered about Shell Suit Stan, and he's just thought, you know yeah. what, I've just, the fact I'm actually so close to maybe meeting him, it just He's excited. Just got him so excited. It's like Santa for him. He's like, yeah. I can't wait to sell <laughs> Except rather than giving gifts, he always takes the gifts. Yeah, he just always comes over and threatens to blow you up. Yeah. Oh, he's a good one. He's a good guy. He's a good I miss him. I miss him dearly. Yeah. I miss him dearly. Never been the same uh, ever. You know, they say once you go stars, you, you can't go baths. <laughs> <laughs> Yes, Vinny's very excited. He gets gets up because he's dressed in his lockdown gear at first. So he's a bit like me, he's in his pajamas and stuff. And then he gets up. He's like, I can't wait. I can't wait to help out. Kira, you'll not be. You don't regret this. <laughs> and he gets up. He gets changed. Gets himself in a flashy suit. Looks quite fine in that suit, Emma. You know, I like a man in claret. I like a man. <laughs> and uh, you know what he reminded me of. Me stood next to people because I'm so small and he was so small. <laughs> and then that guy, was that the guy that was silent all the time? Was that Stars' was silent partner? He's massive. He was huge. And I don't remember him being that big when Stars was with him. So surely it's a different guy. You know that, he's been eating lots of his green beans and stuff. Remember, they used to always say that yeah. that would make it all. Oh, he's remember on stilts. The, the sweet corn by the green giant, they used to say that that yes. would make it all, didn't they? They never did. Nah, never. I ate it, loads of it, and it never did make me troll. <laughs> but this man, I honestly, when he stood up, like, I was shocked. I was like, God, he could have played a giant on Game of Thrones or something, couldn't he? <laughs> Blooming humongous. I mean, he he doesn't need any help, does he? You know, when Vinny was like, I'm here to help you, I'm a panazar. And he stands up and it's like, oh, you're not here to help him. You're definitely here to drive him, Vinny. That man can help himself. <laughs> yeah, that man didn't need a team. I mean, you know, I like to think that I, I don't let people push me around, but if uh, that man turned up at my door and told me that I had to give him anything, I probably would. I would. I, I, probably, I would have been dressed as Jean and been like, I'll offer myself. Just, just, <laughs> just get me out of this trouble. <laughs> You'd be like, well, I, I don't really need the TV. You can have it. No, yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> My bank account, no worries. No worries, here I go, here I go. I feel like he could pick you up and crush you in his hands. There's this show that's on BBC Three, right? It really reminded me of it because BBC, I think it's BBC Three or BBC iPlayer, whatever it is. And it's like about scams and it's about all these young people who got like tricked into scams and like 
me to like give their bank debit cards <gasps> over and stuff to random people. And that man definitely screams that's what he does. Like he comes to your door, he's like, yeah, don't worry, I'll give you the cash back. And you're like, yeah, okay. <laughs> Giving your card over. You would? Yeah, you would. just terrify you. Turns out though, being that big and scary doesn't save you from a heart attack. No, like that was very quick and random, wasn't it? One minute yeah. he's he's there ready to do this big job. Next he's sat in the car and he's died. I was like, we, we, haven't, wheat. we haven't really got to meet him, know him, bond with him. He's already yeah. gone. He's dead. So sad. Just the other week we were saying we don't really have many drop-in villains anymore. And then he drops in and then drops dead. <laughs> he literally dropped. Yeah. I said, oh, God. I did love that before he, he died, well, Vinny decided to just have a little chat to him and he just did not care. He wanted Vinny just to drive him. Yeah. And Vinny stole from him too. <laughs> I mean, there's no honour among thieves, is there? I do love it. <laughs> I love that, like, ben, ben knows that clearly Vinny's helped himself to some of that gold um, later on and he's like, yeah, and Stas just thinks that maybe that guy was selling some of that gold elsewhere, trading it with other people. Yeah, Ben knows Vinny, but he <laughs> let you off. And I love it because Vinny, the first thing he does isn't to get his brother, it's to get Callum again. I'm like, Vinny, this could really backfire though, because if your brother finds out, you'll be livid. I am obsessed with the like the two teams that you've got. Callum yeah. and Vinny and Kira and Ben, I love their friendships. And I just love the way whenever, I Vinny, do too. whenever Vinny needs someone, he's like, Callum. <laughs> Can we get them on a night out? <laughs> My God. I know you posted recently, Emma, that I we did. need a night out. And I agree. Of Jean, uh, Sharon and Kim. That would yeah. be a great puck Imagine. Draw. But can we have on the opposite side of the street or something, like Ben, Kira, Vinny and Callum on a night out? Come on, stag do or something. Come <laughs> on, that'll be everything. Yeah, I want to see like separate episodes because I think they need to be dedicated. Yeah. Like they need to be dedicated to the teams. I don't think we should be dropping yeah. any part of the story for another. I want to see the full nights. I agree. I think it has to be like a Linda storyline moment. Remember when Linda had that whole episode that was just dedicated to her drunk night? Yeah. That's what they need. I want that, but with those teams. Yeah. I love them. And then do you know what's great? Is that um, he contacts Callum and Callum goes, no, you did the right thing. I'm not going to report this. Love a bit of corrupt coppering. You know what we do. But he did. Because if you think about it, Callum's not going to throw Ben under a bus here. And Ben's very much heavily involved in this. And yes. that means that would backfire on a lot of people. Best thing to do, get Callum. Your resident exactly. corrupt police officer. He's the proper corrupt person you need to go to. He's a corrupt pillar of the community now, Emma. Yes. He He's proven it to her. Time and time again, he's proven it. Um, we're proud of you, Callum. We didn't think you had it in you. We're proud of you. He helps Vinny by telling Ben all about it. Ben comes along, chauffeurs the gold to Stas, and uh, Stas is really grateful. But we don't get to see him. Don't get to see him. It was heartbreaking. I was like... Could we not even just have a small glimpse of that tracksuit wearing, sweetheart? <laughs> you know what he is? He's your shell suit, sweetheart. <gasps> He's my stem. Stem. <laughs> He's my stem. 
So Vinny comes in all like, yeah, like he's now a part of the business. He's done a good thing. They yeah, should he comes res- in like top dog. Yeah, they should respect him. He should be a partner in the family business. And yeah, they're still not happy when they find that stolen gold because they're not quite sure how that's going to backfire. Yeah. I think it's great if you can sell it. Terrible if Stars ever finds out. So this week we got to learn a little bit more about the Panazar's dad. Yes. Well, even the whole Pan- the Panazars as a family, we've been getting yes. much more depth to them. It's been fantastic, hasn't it? When you think we can we're kind of got glimpses of who they were, got little touches about their dad being in jail and we're like, ooh, who's he? What's he up to? But we never quite got enough information about it. And last week, we got a little bit more insight into Suki. We kind of saw a more vulnerable side where... It wasn't just left. It was it yeah. was then explored into the next week. And then it was intertwined with other parts of the storyline. Yeah, yeah. Because obviously, we, we know about what Ash said in her, her words. We get confirmation that Suki did take that uh, to heart and that it kind of did bring her back to those times that she struggled um, against racism as a child and as a, a young mother um, and some harrowing things. That's when we find out that they've kind of been targeted again. So it's this really sad and like horrifying moment for Suki where she's back in that moment of being the victim of racism and being the victim of prejudice. And this is where we see what me and Emma have talked about with Suki. The hardness to her character comes from the vulnerability. Mm-hmm. It's defensiveness. Because then she's like, well, make sure you get two quarter paint on that now. And that's because she's defensive and she's vulnerable in herself and is lashing out. Something else in this moment that Emma just mentioned that needs to be brought up. The Panazar's dad is in jail for a crime to do with the fact that he was defending his family from racially aggravated arson attacks upon them which is very harrowing, Mm. very shocking, and very interesting. I would love to see that explored more further down the line. We've been hearing from Suki, like, we don't get the police involved. And they're very against Vinny wanting to help, but via the police. This is where it was explored, because now we find out, because of the involvement last time, that Mm -hmm. the dad ended up in prison. So when they find out Vinny has called the police about the shop and about other things, the way he's getting Callum involved, that's obviously put Suki's guard up. She's, yeah. you know, she's going back to that time. and she's... That fear is back in her, isn't it? And I think, like, it goes back to, again, like, this vulnerable side that we're seeing of Suki. It, it kind of all started with those cracks that Ash, like, hammered into her the other week. Like, I think when you think about the words that she was saying, you know, Suki had to push... Uh, push walls, break walls down, smash her way through society, essentially, to get where she is now. Um, It just shows how much racism has been a huge part of her existence and and a huge part of her struggles. And so to be there again, and uh, for Vinny to kind of be messing around with the police and her distrust of them, she's very conflicted. She kind of wants help, but she doesn't know who to trust. She doesn't know... um, what to do and so she gets very volatile and very hardened and very angry guess who's back back again mick and linda are back (laughs) 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 didn't really work um yes the vic the vic is back under old 
management. Yeah. <laughs> Conflicted. <laughs> yeah. Just so yeah, deflated there. <laughs> I'm conflicted. I love the Carters. You know I do. Obsessed with them. Like, I loved all of their storylines and everything. And one of the storylines I loved the most was Linda's alcoholism. And going back there, I was kind of like, but she's not cured. And I know people make the claims like, well, Phil was an alcoholic and he still owned the Vic. Yeah, but then Phil became an alcoholic again. And a crack addict. Like, you know, his... Whilst he was an alcoholic and then went and owned the Vic again, it often ended up spiralling and he would end up being an alcoholic again. Like, that's what happened in the end. Like, he became an alcoholic, then became a crack addict, then burnt the Vic down. And I, I love the Carters and I loved them in the Vic. I just think Sharon deserved a bit longer, especially yes. when you remember just before COVID hit, she was the final duffed off. It was that big reveal. Mm-hmm. And the Carters, bear in mind, like, I, I loved the alcohol storyline with Linda. Yeah. Yeah, really well done. It's literally been a matter of months since they left. Yeah, that's what I mean. Even when Phil would come back and reclaim the pub, it wasn't like he was reclaiming it a week later or a month later. He was reclaiming it like years later. Like he would come back to the square or he'd come back on the scene and and would reclaim the pub for himself. And eventually even stopped doing that because obviously he is an alcoholic. He he recognises that he's got a problem. And it's probably not a great idea to own a pub. Whereas I feel like Linda's making the mistake that maybe past Phil did where he thinks, oh, well, I'm over it now. You're not really ever over an alcohol addiction, really. You're kind of always going to have to combat that. Um, Because it's like any addiction. It's never really gone. It's still there. Um, And I just, I I was really conflicted because it was nice and I really enjoyed seeing them. And it was kind of like giving us a blast from the past when like yeah. Frank turned up and stuff and it, and I was like oh yeah it's like happy but then I was also be like but then what about Linda's alcoholism and and I just don't know I'm conflicted on this Emma I know I felt the same I felt the same because you're like oh it's nice to see them back behind the bar oh, ha- oh the reason they left the, do they not remember <laughs> yeah and I also think like it's just it's like you say about Sharon Sharon should have had that pub for a little bit longer. I think after everything that Sharon's been through, she deserves something. I don't think Sharon had long enough to really show herself off as a yeah, landlady. Yeah, leave a mark. No, she was like in and out because obviously when COVID hit, we obviously had the break. And yeah. then when we came back, our other storylines never... <laughs> they were very us in the fanfic. Never in there. Yeah. <laughs> never in there. Yeah, it is so true. Like... I think I would have a lot of it to do with COVID. I'm giving them the benefit of the doubt and saying the timescales and stuff will probably sped up. Yeah. Um, or changed due to the challenges of COVID. Yeah, because maybe this, maybe this was always going to happen again. Happen, yeah. But yeah, maybe everything got <laughs> very much got speeded, speeded up. up. <laughs> and I have to say, me and Emma have praised them for all of their efforts during COVID. So if this is the one side effect, then... That's all right. I think if this is one of those things that they've kind of not been able to to deal with is the pacing, then that's fine. We can forgive them that. And it has opened a few fun stuff for her. Where does Shirley live? Does Shirley still live with Grey? I know she's currently off still with Tina's friends or something, but is she going to move back into the Vic? 
I'm hoping that they do give Shirley a chance to move back in the Vic, because if not, then she's just homeless. Have they heard from Shirley? We never hear about Shirley. They certainly don't talk about war Tina anymore. Well, no, Tina's dead and buried, yeah, literally and figuratively. <laughs> like, they, they, they don't even think about her. Like, Ian was right. No one cares. Really, no one cares. It's really awkward because she's all she wanted was them to get the pub back. And she finally got I love it. it was next pub. <laughs> they finally got it. And it's like, it's like they don't even recognise that this is all due to Tina's effort. Uh, I just, I love the, the little bit where, like, Mick and Linda were, like, joking and stuff and, and being, like, you know, they were being a bit flirty banter between them. And Mick was like, hey, not in front of the lady. And it was like, you know, it was uh, Queen Victoria, the bust. And I just love that sort of humour. I have missed a bit of that. I feel like maybe you were right when you said that Sharon should have hired Mick mm-hmm. to work at the pub. Because that actually was what I was missing from Sharon. Yes. That banter, the pub banter. Yeah, because um, he does bring that. And I do, I just don't understand why that was never an option. Like, he could work there. Yeah. And, <laughs> yeah, like, they, like, he really comes into his own when he's in there. And yeah, I really and like seeing Mick have these happy moments again. Yeah, and it's nice because even when they do touch upon, like, they touch upon how he's told his kids, he's obviously informed them about what's been going on and, and they're kind of processing it and they haven't, they're not like, they haven't moved back to the square or anything. They're kind of still processing it themselves. Where's Johnny? Because um, they said... When we left Nancy and Johnny, and I didn't know if they meant like Johnny was elsewhere, or if they meant with Nancy in New Zealand. Um, Johnny is like what many characters end up as, existing everywhere and nowhere. <laughs> he has a whisper and a thought. Like, <laughs> honestly, like, it's like he's a myth. Like, what happened to Johnny? That should be a big question. Like, what did happen to him? He went off for... Um, was it an education or a job, I think? What was the last time he left for? Because I remember that other time that he left and came back with a different face. Yes. It was all due to falling in love with someone from Pride. You know what I remembered about Johnny the other day, actually? just Because this got me thinking about him after. I was like, where is he? Do you remember the time when Ted accidentally shot him? Yeah. Do you remember the time as well when he was best friends with Derek? Yeah. I look back and I like I do miss some of that like panto vibed storylines because that's what that kind of era was given with. It was very like pantomime. You had like Aunt Babe, Claudette, Gavin. I mean, oh Gavin, gee, we we cried last week recording that bit, didn't we? <laughs> we Gavin, <laughs> I don't know what he'll do now. I'm like Jesus Christ, he's not like a murderer. Do you know what I mean? And then she gets took down a window. <laughs> But yes, yeah, so Johnny's in the wind. Um, I don't know what um, Lee's doing because he is in England. Yet for some reason doesn't come back home when his dad tells him a heroin story. Um, and Nancy's in New Zealand, sunning it up with uh, with Lauren. Hopefully, trying to help her rebuild her home. <laughs> <laughs> so what's <laughs> Peter's nowhere to, to yeah. see. Yeah, can't rely on yeah. Um, and so, like, it was kind of nice because we had all these mentions and then it was also a bit sad, a little bit of sadness there because 
It was like when Linda went, it's not going to be the same, though. I kind of just wish the kids were here. And it was like giving us flashbacks to when they all first moved in. And it was all so lovely. And all keep yeah. running around. It, honestly, I remember that happened, right? And I was like, Dad, can we, like, not just open a pub? And then, like, you know, I, we can come live in the pub above. <laughs> I was, like, obsessed with that, like, family dynamic. I was like, I really wish that was our life. I loved really. when they first moved into the Vic. That was really good. Yeah. It was just mad. It felt really energetic and mad. Yeah. Like you had Nancy was getting married to some like some random child. Do you remember that? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> She's wearing a tracksuit dress or something. It was awful. <laughs> <laughs> I just loved it. And then they were like running in to stop the wedding. You had um, the die, you know, the the dog. Um you had flipping Shirley. I just I adored that time period. Where is Lady Die? I haven't seen her for ages now. This is literally a where is. <laughs> I thought that when they did the Bronson um, storyline, because yeah. I was like, he went hit that poor dog died. Like I just thought, e, where is Die? Yeah, where, where, where is Lady Die? Because you've gone to that farm that your parents always tell you they've gone to a farm. <gasps> Do you know though? They always go to a farm, and then really they've just been put down. Well, they might not have their children, but they have. A child. That child is Frankie. And she technically, seems to be like their new favourite child. Yeah, and technically Ollie, but again, not seen no, him. No, never see him. That's what I mean. Like literally, Ollie. Ever since, ever since Linda's like superhero costume thing like fell into the the pit of no return, um, Ollie's vanished along with it. It's like she's wrapped him up in all the costumes, and just chucked him to the chucked him in the bin because you never see him. Now it's like all about Frankie, and I can understand it because it's such a centre to this storyline. But like at the same time, it's like, "E, love you, Frankie," and there's Ollie like in the background going, "Can I have some food yet?" <laughs> like, where is Ollie? Who's looking after him? <laughs> Shut up, you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's like that. It's like, You're not Frankie. <laughs> <laughs> So she comes over to the Vic. I don't know if she know that. How did she know the move there? Oh, yeah, that's a good point. Unless they'd be texting. I don't, yeah, maybe. And um, Linda would like Frankie to stay there. And she mentions there's two spare rooms. And I'm only going to say that just because I'm going to reference okay. that later. Two spare rooms. But later on, I'll go back to that. And Mick doesn't say anything. So Frankie's running out and Stuart is going to see Mick. And it's all because he's got a text from a friend that talks about, well, he doesn't know it's about Katie Lewis, but he talks about um, a case with someone in a care home and that there's multiple victims. He, He has a conversation with Frankie and Mick. He obviously joins the dots. And... Well, he weirdly comes up with the strange plan of asking Callum for Frankie's number, rings her, gets her to work in the car lot, even though he doesn't work then, and I don't know her experience with cars. Starts to interrogate her, starts to get very, very aggressive. Don't you worry, because our girl, she's not daft, whips out a flipping pepper spray. <laughs> she's like, come any closer and I'll douse you. I was like, yes! She gets in contact with Mick, and he runs in, and... For the first time, he says, she's my daughter. 
do you know what I, I think she really appreciated that she did say like how was she going to be able to deal with it like being constantly punished for things that her mother did and things like that and Mick tells her to move in and that he was just a bit shocked and apprehensive and all over the place the other day and he would really love for her to move back in and I think also what was a great moment for Mick was that he told Stuart what had happened and that Frankie was his daughter and that he was able to be honest with someone who wasn't like his family or a police officer, which is like, that's like a huge step for Mick and his like, you know, recovery and his like survival. Um, and from also, this Stuart was in the same care home and they've got all that past, so... Stuart is someone he can open up to. I think a lot of Stuart's rage as well came from the fact that, like, he always thought he knew everything and thought he yeah. he would be able to tell if something like this was going on and, and be able to pick out the, the, like, criminal types. But actually, Katie Lewis and him were right in front of right in front of Stuart and he didn't, didn't even notice, not properly. I think he probably feels guilt towards that, and that's probably why he's lashed out yeah. um, this way. But it has brought a lovely new addition to the Vic, because Frankie's moving in. And not only that, she's worked behind loads of bars, and she can fill our room with loads of toys if she wants to. I was like, she's 30. So Mick invites Frankie to move in and take Nancy's old room. Even though earlier, they had they said they had two spare rooms. So why does she not just get a whole brand new room? Oh, yeah. Why does she have to have Nancy's room? Well, and it's Nancy's room that now smells of Ian Beale, according to Mick. Can you imagine that smell? I can't. <laughs> really? I, well, I could, but I'm trying not to. I don't know what Ian would smell like. I feel like ham sandwiches. Yeah. <laughs> I love that you just automatically were like, yeah, I think it smells of ham sandwiches. <laughs> I love that Ian Beale just gives off that vibe. I feel like he gives off that vibe. He's a ham, ham vibe. Loves ham. Our hero this week is Jean. Yay! For Taylor to Martin Ruby and just shoving in their faces. I hated them this week and she came and let them have it. Time for this week's Slapping Dan. And no surprise, it's Walford Police again because they just seem to make it up as they go along. They've got their own legal system. It's not English. It's certainly not the UK's based legal system. They're like, DNA, nah, it's admissible in court. Uh, CCTV footage, though, definite. Definitely can use that, even if it's at a dodgy angle and no other angle at all. Make your minds up. As our hero of the week was Jean, we're going to give this week 3.5 jeans. Yes, I know. It just didn't scratch some of my itches this week. It Like, I had a lot of fun. Like, sometimes I had lots of fun. Like, the Kira and Vinny stuff was very interesting. It was nice to see some more vulnerability from Suki. Um, Jean, obviously fantastic, oh, was just... Her lines and stuff, like all of her, you know, telling Ruby how she's died, it was just heartbreaking, but also fantastic when she was standing up to Ruby and Martin. And I just think, like, if I could have had a little bit more of that rather than, like, 
some of the other stuff like Whitney Gray and Cush. Yeah, and the the Tiff and Dottie stuff didn't really fit in. It was kind of slotted in. Yeah, I feel like those could have their own time, like to shine, like those storylines. Just feel like this week wasn't the right time for them to be involved at all. Yeah. Now it's time to play Really Ruby, a game that I invented just for me and Emma. And it's all to do with trying to guess which one of these outlandish things Ruby actually did. So, Ted, I'm going to give you. You just have to answer whether it wasn't Ruby or whether it was really Ruby. <laughs> okay. So without further ado, here we go. She stole a pig and away she ran. <laughs> I'm going to say really Ruby. <laughs> <laughs> Unfortunately not. <laughs> I would like to think in her back. That was Tom, Tom the Piper's son. <laughs> I, was, I just want in her backstory that to have happened. Yeah, <laughs> scenario number two, Emma. Slept with Stacey's brother, her ex, and now her husband. Really, Ruby. <laughs> I mean, really, Ruby. Really, yeah, Ruby. You did that. <laughs> scenario number three, Emma. Did she really do this? She went on holiday during a pandemic. <laughs> really, Ruby. <laughs> yeah, she really did that, guys. <laughs> scenario number four, Emma. She faked her death and held Emma and myself at gunpoint, believing that we had murdered her father. Really, Ruby? <laughs> of course, because she did it in our fan fiction, and that is canon to us. <laughs> he has a trick question for you, Emma. Did she really lose all of her cash? No. <laughs> exactly. No, she didn't. Deleted the CCTV footage. And framed a friend. Really, Ruby? Exactly. She actually did that. She did that. Although she might not have stole a pig, <laughs> she stole Arthur. And away they ran. <laughs> <laughs> really, Ruby? Yes, she did. I'm sorry. I want the pig one to be true. And I want that. <laughs> if that's not in her backstory, soon we stand us. And we're very disappointed. <laughs> She's Tom Tom the Piper's son. I would love to see it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's your second last one now, Emma. Nearly chopped off a man's nether regions. Really, Ruby? She actually did that, you know. I think it's one of the greatest moments in Ruby's storyline. <laughs> <laughs> she came close to becoming like a slasher. Loved it. The penis slasher. <laughs> the penis slasher. Oh, into a cinema near you. Fake to break in in order to defraud her insurance, which in turn led to the hospitalisation of her husband, who's lucky to have survived without any sort of brain trauma. I just love how long you made that one. Really, Ruby? <laughs> of course. That means, Emma, you've got all of them right, apart from having stolen the pig, but I no, do see why. that uh, is going to happen. <laughs> I can see when she's just going to sit down in a few weeks and she's going to be talking to Hope just a bit like yeah. the horse, she's going to yeah, say about the pig. I see yeah. it. <laughs> After she watched Babes, she thought, I need a pig. <laughs> well, Emma, I'm here to say, well done. Thank you. You should give yourself a pat on the back. I will. 
here's what you've won. Here's your prizes. You know when they do that on the show. Here's your prizes. <laughs> here's your prizes. And they used to show the prizes. And then it has the music and say, you have yeah. won a trip to. <laughs> yeah. I love that. Well, here's your prizes. You get yourself Ruby Allen's identity and Ooh. bank details oh. to go wild and go on a spending spree. <gasps> courtesy of Lily. <laughs> Thanks, Lily. Don't worry about getting caught. Because... I could always delete the CCTV footage. <laughs> I'm going to go wild in the aisles. <laughs> now it's time for Who's That EastEnder? It's a little game we invented where every now and again we create a silhouette similar to the one on Pokemon. And instead of who's that Pokemon, it's who's that EastEnders. It's quite simple. And if you guessed right, guys, you get no prizes. There's no prizes in East Bunny. <laughs> We're Sadly, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> but if you guess, if you guessed, Caleb, you were right. You were right. Well done. Woo. Give yourselves a pat on the back. Now, where is that ticket tie, Bitha? I've got to be on my way. This week's episode is sponsored by Jean's Tea Leaf Rooms. Has lockdown got you down? Do you just wish you could get out of here and have a nice cup of tea? Well, come to Jean's Tea Leaf Rooms. Mind the hands in your pockets. Hope you enjoyed the fireworks. Good night.